We recently celebrated International Women's Day with the Oil & Gas Global Network with our industry mixer here in Houston, Texas. And I'm so thankful to our speakers for sharing their stories and their careers and how they break the bias, which was the theme of International Women's Day this year. They got vulnerable with their stories. They shared lessons learned. I was just on the edge of my seat the whole time listening to everything they had to say. Thank you also to EAG Services and Technip FMC for sponsoring the events. Thank you just everyone. It was fantastic. And I can't wait to host this again next year with OGGN. And I know they're looking forward to it as well. Today on the podcast, I have a story for you. It involves a death of a sea captain, a bunch of family drama, a will, and one of the oldest charities in the United States. This is the Women Offshore Podcast. I'm your host, Ali Cedeno, a mariner and founder of Women Offshore. Women Offshore is a 501c3 nonprofit organization supporting a diverse workforce on the water. The Women Offshore podcast is a part of the Oil & Gas Global Network, the place to find all of the great shows regarding what's going on in the energy industry. Head on over to OGGN.com to listen to all of the shows. Back in the late 1700s, there was a captain named Robert Richard Randall. And what he's known for is not necessarily what he did as a captain, but what happened after he passed away. So he died on June 5th, 1801. That was about four days after he had signed his will, which was drawn by Alexander Hamilton, of all people. And what Captain Randall wanted was that upon his death, his estate would become an asylum or what you could call a marine hospital. And it would be called Sailor's Snug Harbor for the purpose of maintaining and supporting aged, decrepit, and worn out sailors. His estate was in New York City and it included the north side of Washington Square Park and the south side of 8th Street. It was good farmland and Captain Randall believed that the old decrepit sailors would be supported by growing grain and vegetables on the land. However, his children and his half-brother didn't agree, and it took many years to settle in court. By the time the conflict had been decided in favor of Sailor Snug Harbor, the organization decided to subdivide up the land and lease it out. By 1831, Sailor Snug Harbor used the money from the Greenwich Village leases to purchase a 160-acre complex on Staten Island for $16,000 to use as the home for the sailors. Sailor Snug Harbor is still around today, and it is one of the oldest charities in the United States. Since the beginning, they prided themselves in being inclusive. There were no age, religion, race, or other factors taken into consideration when a sailor needed the help of Snug Harbor. And once in residence, each former sailor, no matter what their rank was when they sailed, was referred to as captain by the staff. One more thing I'd like to add is they have supported over 16,000 mariners since the inception in the early 19th century. As a founder of a nonprofit, I just love these stories. I love hearing about how a nonprofit's founded, 
there's almost always a very interesting story behind it. Here to teach us more about it is Jay Brooks from the Trustees of the Sailors Snug Harbor in the city of New York. He's going to share with us more about the foundation, what they do, how it's changed since the beginning. Bravo, Zulu Jay. It's great to have you on the show. Tell us more. Welcome to the Women Offshore podcast. Thank you, Allie, and thank you for having me. It's a treat to be here. Yeah, it's great for you to be here. I'm excited to learn more about your organization. I didn't know about it until the other day, so happy to talk with you today, learn all about it, and help spread the word of your amazing mission. So can you tell us, what do you do? What does your organization do? Sure. We are a charity for retired merchant seamen. So what we do is solely help retired merchant seamen, period. That's all we do. And how we help them is by helping them with their living expenses, their housing costs, their living costs. So that is what we do. And we also try to find other programs and other ways to make the retired merchant mariner's life more comfortable. Historically, some of your clients may have known us as a retirement home for merchant sailors. And that's what we were for a very long time, from 1833 to sort of 2010-ish area. And eventually we learned most merchant mariners did not want to move to Staten Island, New York, or to sea level North Carolina. So what we do now is we help mariners all across the country, no matter where they live. And we have, as of today, about 355 mariners across about 35 states, including Puerto Rico. And again, we help them with their living costs, and we try to find other ways to help them as well in retirement. This episode of the Women Offshore podcast is sponsored by Technip FMC. Technip FMC is a leading technology provider to the traditional and new energies industry, delivering fully integrated products, projects, and services. At Technip FMC, they create an inclusive culture where all employees can draw on their unique experiences and backgrounds together to ignite diversity of thought that sparks solutions for all employees, customers, clients, and communities. Technip FMC is proud of their commitment to inclusion and diversity, as it is the heart of their core values. Thank you, Technip FMC, for sponsoring the show and for also sponsoring our industry mixer with OGGN honoring International Women's Day. We are thankful for your support here at Women Offshore. Yeah, that's amazing. You have a very rich history of serving the maritime industry. Can you talk about why it's important today? And I mean, a lot of the mariners I know, they make a really good living. So why would they need something like this? Sure, sure. Well, the merchant mariners today, it's a highly skilled profession. They're well paid. They do very well. But after many years of retirement on a fixed income, a few bad decisions in life, there's plenty of mariners that probably not today, but after 15, 20 years of a fixed income, could use our help. And again, we have 350 mariners. We're adding new ones each month. So there's plenty out there. And our goal is to let every merchant mariner know about us, assuming most of them won't need our help when they're 80 or 70 or however old. But as long as they know about us and the fact that they know that there's a charity out there in case they ever do need help is it's got to be a kind of an extra safety net for the merchant mariners. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's a well-deserved safety net. Can you talk about the impact more? Are any success stories or I'm sure you have some people you've helped that just really appreciate what you've done? Sure. Yeah. I mean, there are some horrible stories out there. As with any profession, you could find a few folks that had whatever causes trouble these days, whether it's medical bills or relationships or family issues or We've had a few homeless mariners that we've able to get into housing and completely change their life because now they have housing and they don't have to worry about how they're going to pay their bills. And a huge one is financial debt across the country, but our clientele are not that much different. There's plenty of mariners behind on their credit card bills and behind on their loans, as with anywhere else in America. So those folks definitely can use our help to live more comfortably. Jay, can you tell me how you got involved in this organization and what it means to you? Yeah, it was, I guess, sort of luck. Some years ago, I saw an ad in the New York Times about a job with the United Seamen Service. And they're the charity that has merchant mariner clubs around the world. It was a fabulous place to work. And I met with Roger Corner there. And he sent me off to Naples in about two weeks after the interview. So I had a great time working at those USS clubs overseas and fell in love. You know, you see the, all the merchant mariners coming off ship and what a unique group of people. It's truly impressive, you know, being in a foreign port, not knowing any of the language and just having a big smile on your face. And they do that every couple of days. And I think it makes for a unique breed of people and especially being in the middle of the ocean with the storms and then you come back. So you've seen the world, you've seen people, you learn. So after United Seamen Service, I eventually came back to the Garden State, New Jersey, and started working with the Seamen's Church Institute of New York and New Jersey. And then when Snug Harbor was moving from North Carolina back to New York, I interviewed to work for them. And that was 17 years ago. So I've been here, and it's a great place to work, at the same great group of people and great sea stories. And it's truly a lot of fun and a joy to hear those stories and see these people who've seen the world and experienced the world. And they've kind of figured it out in many ways. So it's a pleasure. Yeah. Wow. 17 years. It's a really long time. And I bet you have heard so many sea stories, so many amazing stories. So yeah, I can see why you've stuck with it. Mariners are a different breed. And yeah, it's great to hear your enthusiasm for what we do. So thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And thank you. I thoroughly enjoy it. So, If someone wants to give to your organization, how do they go about doing that? And how can people find out more? Well, our main goal of any kind of our publicity is we really want every single Merchant Mariner to know who we are and what we do. If not for them, for their uncle or their neighbor or some other Merchant Mariners, we know there's hundreds out there that could use help. So this help spread the word is by far the most important thing we could ask for. We have a Facebook page. We have a volunteer that made posters for us. We love when we get a call that we saw your poster on our ship. So if any active Merchant Mariner wants a poster, I will gladly mail them one. And we love when they get up on the ships because that'll be a marketing person for their entire life. Next ship they go on, when they retire, when they're at the company or the union hall. They're kind of agents of us, and so we appreciate that. We do accept donations. Our website is thesailorsnugharbor.org, 
not to confuse us with the Boston Sailor Snug Harbor. We are the Sailor Snug Harbor. Yeah, and we have a small office in New York. We're from there. We help mariners all across the country. Thank you so much for what you do for the maritime industry. We will post those links that you mentioned in our show notes so people can reach out and poster sounds great as well. So thank you so much, Jay. Is there anything else that you want to share with us? Anything else? Sure. Yeah. What else can I say? We are always looking for help spreading the word. We'll have a booth at the Connecticut Maritime Association convention in a couple of weeks in March 29th to 31st. They were gracious enough to give us a booth. So if you're there, please stop by. We'll have some of the posters there, some more information. If anyone works for a company that has a newsletter or an e-blast newsletter, please let us know. And maybe I can tell some of the qualifications that'll help some of your listeners help promote the organization. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you go into that? That'd be good. Mm -hmm. Our current qualifications, and everyone has some exceptions maybe made at the end of it, but 2,500 days on the water, that's inland or deep sea. Historically, we only accepted deep sea mariners, but about seven years ago, we opened it up to inland mariners because there are so many of them. So that's usually about a 14-year career. We do make exceptions, especially if someone was hurt on the ship or was unable to continue sailing. 60 years or older, and exceptions are made if you're hurt or injured. And you do have to show some need for financial assistance and be a resident of the U.S. or the territories. And that's about it. That's about it. So we have an application process and we try to see how other ways we can help you. And then if approved, we'll try to help you with your living expenses. Is there anything else you want to discuss today? No. I thank all of your listeners for being part of the Merchant Mariner, being a Merchant Mariner and part of the industry. It's as you go into and Oh, and thank you for your podcast. I love your podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a decent commute into work and more than once you've made it an enjoyable one. So keep you and your team are doing a great (laughs) job and we thank you as a listener. Thank thank you. you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. I'm glad you enjoy the show and thanks for coming on here and yeah, we'll get this out shortly. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Thanks for tuning in to the women offshore podcast. What did you think of the show? Leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Additionally, if you want to propel women offshore forward, please visit womenoffshore.org or womenoffshore.shop, make a donation, or purchase some swag. Until next time, stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you soon.